Okay, we are back with Ray Fortune, part two. Ray, I wanted to just drill down a little bit deeper because this is so critically important um, on the SAG ultra low modified low budgets. And one of the things you mm -hmm. said, I 100% agree with, you have the first step after finding a great screenplay. It's got to be a phenomenal screenplay you're excited about. You, you have to do the breakdown or if it's a documentary, you have your outline, you have to do the budget breakdown. Right. right. But for, let's just say, I want you to kind of paint a picture of the numbers because you know you probably know the numbers better than I do. Let's just say somebody ends up breaking down a movie that ends up $500,000. Okay. What tier are they going to fit under? And what is the, um, the daily rate that they can bring some SAG actors on for? Yeah, if you're dealing with a $500,000 film, you would probably be working under the moderate uh, low budget project. Okay, and that moderate, it has a ceiling of 700,000. Okay, and the uh, actors under that agreement are paid uh, $361 a day, basically. Okay, and then they do have a weekly conversion of that, which is about 12, uh, 1251. Okay, uh, so, 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 so here, here's the takeaway. Yeah. I want every person on this podcast to listen to. If you're sitting on the fence, it's like, oh, yeah. I don't know if I can do union. Okay, with this agreement for about 300 bucks and change, you can hire an actor that normally cost about 900 bucks for an eight hour day. Like you're yeah, basically getting the actor about yes. a third of the cost. Yes, yes. It's powerful. Yeah, of course you also have what are called your fringes that would be added on to that base rate. That's the pension and health payment and, and so on. That's about 19% uh, above that, but still you're getting top quality people. And you know, when you're under the contract and the contract is protected in that way, you can also, a lot of times you can really get some good higher profile people, maybe not stars, but you can get people that are recognizable who are willing to do your film. In fact, trying to get actors, I just did a film uh, last year that I cast in the middle of the pandemic. Just the fact that we were a union fit made agents answer our calls. It, it's like it, it, people don't wanna really deal when the project is not protected in that way. Yeah. That's uh, for the actors I'm talking about. And anyway, I, I really, I say this all the time, people need to thank all the people that were on that committee, including yourself, because that was really game changing about yes. 10 or 15 years ago where filmmakers on a lower budget could bring SAG actors in or mix and match some SAG that they wanted and maybe some non-union, really good talent. Right. Especially under the ultra low budget contract. That's very, very easy. Once you begin to get to the modified and to the regular low budget, then there is preference of employment. You need to be working with SAG. People are paying that SAG rate to those people. Sure, you know? sure. But, but there's one other into. thing I'd like to add. One other thing I'd like to add that, that I think is a marvelous thing. Under these uh, low budgets, the modified uh, project and also the regular or, or the standard project, 
there's what's called the diversity clause. Okay, and if your uh, film has 50% of the quote unquote protected groups, seniors, women, performers of color, uh, the, the uh, physically disabled people, once you begin to put that together, you can actually raise the budget of your film by about 50%. Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess just did that. Uh, uh, the last episode, I had Robert Burton and his producing mm -hmm. partner, and they did uh, Blood Pageant for okay. about just over a million dollars. And they got a sweetheart deal on all their cast rates because of his, the diversified contract. Right. And, and, and also what's important, of course, for the actor producers who are listening is remember everything the Guild deals with in their contracts are minimums. So every actor has the right to also negotiate above that minimum. The question is, is will the producer pay it? You know what I mean? That, that's the case always. Correct, yeah. but it's a great starting point, and it just it's it was game changing uh, to me in a couple of films years ago. So, yeah. speaking about actors, I want to talk about two different things here because you're an actor, writer, and a producer. What would you say to a frustrated actor in terms of getting his or her career jump started, and how important it would it would be to consider? producing a low budget film to put themselves in front of the camera? Oh, beyond a doubt. Uh, one of the things <laughs> of the many hats that I have is I've consulted with a few agencies and assisted in the past. And, and the, the thing is, is you, you need to have material. You need to have material and hopefully professionally produced material and well produced material. You know, sometimes, the material produced is not that professional, but in truth, now because of the technology, you have people who are complete novices who can create material that looks fantastic, sounds fantastic. That's where you need also to have a, a strong, well-developed script, okay? But in truth, for that beginning actor, they don't really need a full script. They need a scene or several different scenes showing them in the light in which they can work. And then that is usually what's used to help sell them uh, to, to the marketplace. That's what the agents use when they send the submissions and things like that. So to me, there's almost no excuse for an actor not really, especially a beginning actor, not producing their own material for themselves at least. Yeah, and then they get to a you point know? where they might want to produce their own movie, a feature. Oh, absolutely. Uh, short films are, you, you see them all the time now. And what's great about that is there are a lot of festivals that are out there that actually can pay a cash prize. Like when we did uh, Last Breeze of Summer, uh, there was the Heartland Film Festival. I believe that was like a $50,000 prize. Back wow, back days. then. Wow. Back then. You know, and it was much tougher to do it then. That we shot in 91. Remember, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have the digital. We shot that on 16 millimeter film. That means every single take you want to take, you have to pay to develop. 
Whereas now you can shoot and run and run and run. People are editing on their computers. It's a whole new world now. And the opportunities are fantastic. Oh, unlimited. So I want to shift a little bit and talk about writers. Uh, Because I, I, I see a lot of writer friends that have incredible screenplays. I mean, they've won contests, they've got accepted into festivals, but some of my friends, I've just seen them beat their head on a wall for years and years trying to get a studio to pick it up or a big network to pick it up. What would you say, how important it is for a writer with a great screenplay just to go make their own film? Go raise the money and do it. I think if you can do that and you have the resources to do that, go for it. Go for it. What's to stop you? You see what I mean? However, I think what's also important is you, you, it, it all comes back down to the film you write and the budget that you can shoot the film in. Okay, you want to have that good old thing. To me, it's what I worship. It's called ROI, return on investment. And you you want to know that the people who are investing in your film are gonna make a profit. They're gonna make their money back, no matter what the deal is that you make with the investor. Okay, that's crucially important, crucially important. And so people who have scripts, if they don't have that, pool of investors to make that film and they don't have the physical properties to make it at a level that's competitive okay i suggest also that if the script is really good chase an agency a literary agent to get that film to those studios if your film budget is not going to be under two million you know, if you need that big butt, and that's that's a part of the, the thing. Uh, it's funny, I, I remember uh, taking a film course after school with a guy by the name of Dove Simmons. Me Have too. You, you heard of him? I took his course. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the things he says is you can spend your life chasing the deal or you can make the movie. Yeah, why not and, make and the I movie? Even good. if you have to scale the budget make down and make it work, make the movie. Exactly. Exactly. Now there will be scripts. I have scripts like that where I need a certain amount of money for the budget. I don't want to have, if it's a horror film, I don't want to have a guy running around in a rubber suit. It's not that kind of project, but there are other films where, you know, you can, you, you can shoot that film for 700,000. Yeah. You can, can get the money and that sort of thing. Let, let's, let's talk yeah. about that budget range for a second. Let, let's just say, you're yeah. a first or a second timer and you're somewhere between $200,000 and $700,000. Very, very yeah. reasonable budget. You can make a, if you know what you're doing, you bring in one or two right. skilled producers, you can make a great film. What are, some, what are some tips, advice you would give to first, second time filmmakers on getting the money? What, what, what would you tell them? Just give us some advice. Yeah, I would tell them that the first thing is to break that budget down so that when you go to people for money, you can answer their questions, okay? A lot of times the actors can't answer the question, okay? The next thing that I would do 
is I would tell them, you have to find people, ideally, who can afford to maybe put in 50, 100 that without it ending their life. This is one of the things that has been a constant issue. The people always say other people's money. However, I think if you believe in your project and you have the money to make your project, you should go ahead, put the money into that project. And that way you will also own all of the, pro uh, all of the profit from that picture. And if you can afford to do that, I think you should do that. I think if you have that bread, you can do that. Otherwise, you need to bring people together who you know believe in you, in your vision. You have to show them the project. If you're not a great pitch person, okay? Uh, and by pitch, I mean where there are some people who can sit and just tell a story and get people so excited they wanna do it. One thing that I also advise, in fact, I do this with any project that I'm involved with, that I'm generating. I always have a reading of the screenplay. These folks who have this great screenplay and all of that, a lot of times you find out it, 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 it doesn't read maybe as well as you would think it would. And, and the, the, this is as it relates to actors. I always like to get viable, good actors to come in, read it, let me know where their issues are. I usually will do an edit on the script so that I take out a lot of the description stuff, the stuff that slows a read down. And the, in the end, the, even horror, the stuff that really works with horror is when you care about those characters and you are, uh, you know, you're involved in their story and that sometimes you hear a read and you say, oh, that line doesn't work, the, that relationship is not working. I'm duplicating what I say in one scene in another. That read is very important. And the good thing about that is usually you can do that reading and invite possible investors to it for free. That's a, that's a mean, great tip. Very little. Very little, yeah. I used to be involved with the AFI Alumni Association at one time, a marvelous guy by the name of Willard Rogers. And what he had there was a program where screenwriters would submit their scripts and they would pick a series of scripts to read. And then they would invite uh, some of the major agencies like William Morris, ICM, uh, Disney. Uh, uh, I remember Fox coming. Uh, we used to hold the readings, well, in several different places, but like, for instance, we would hold a reading of that, like over at, uh, well, it was Columbia then, but it's Sony Studios now, okay? And there were several deals that got made out of that, out of those readings. People were interested, you know? I don't know what the finality of the deal was, whether the writers were brought on to do the whole process, because a lot of times when you're dealing with the major companies like that, they want to have rewrites done and usually they have their people that they're going to want to do that sure sure the beauty you know what the beauty i mean of doing the, writer, it, uh, the beauty of doing but, it fend independently is you, you can keep control right, right. yeah it, it's like if you have a reading of your screenplay and i hate to admit it i've had this of a couple of months where you're doing the reading and you find you're getting bored listening to your screenplay it means you need to do some sweet well isn't and that isn't that is important to find people. that out early 
in the process before you before start sharing with investors? Before you try to pitch it. Correct. In my opinion. Yeah. yeah the, the, here's the way it, it, it works, basically. Okay. The least expensive part of making a move is the screenplay. Now, if you're purchasing a screenplay, that's a different thing. Talk to the Writers Guild about that or whoever. Okay, but the bottom line is that before you spent a dollar on the set and finding out that something may not work, if you take care of your script, you're going to be fine. And if you have good actors reading that script, they really can tell you character stuff that doesn't work, you know, stuff that it didn't feel comfortable with these lines. That's so important, in my opinion. No, it's a great tip. Yeah. Great tip. I agree yeah. 100%. So yeah. question, since you've been, you've been inside of Hollywood and outside of Hollywood, do you think it's yeah. easier for an indie filmmaker to raise money if they're living in Hollywood, or is it easier to raise money if you're living in Georgia or Kansas or some other place? Yeah, like for instance, with Confessions, the money was raised in Florida, okay, out of, out of this area. Here's the way I feel about it. It all depends on who your connections are. You know, if you have people with money who believe in you here in Hollywood, that's gonna be great, although, a lot of times your film may cost more, even though uh, California has an incentive now to try to create more film, okay? But the, the thing that I found, and I found this out during Film Hustle, okay? And when I've done uh, workshops around four actors, when you're coming from Hollywood going elsewhere, there's more of a prestige and a, uh, uh, a sense of your own accomplishment. Whereas here in town, like, and I'm only going to use an acting workshop as an example. If I do a workshop here in LA, and I've done a few, okay, and Denzel Washington is doing a workshop here in LA, there's no competition. Yeah, they're probably, but no, no, no offense, they're probably going to go to Denzel's. They're probably going to go to Denzel's, but if I'm in South Carolina and uh, I'm coming in from LA with the kinds of credits that I have, I, there's footage that I have. People can look. It's it's an elevating kind of a situation. Yeah, you know. And and one of the things moving back down the the line with uh, with Film Hustle, that was one of the things we did. See. The, the studios find all kinds of ways to make it so that you don't make money. Okay. There are things that are charged to your film and all. Yeah. What we marketing. wanted to do. Yeah. What we did with Film Hustle was we took the film out and around because it was Warner, Warner Home Video that was distributing it. We took it and we forewalled the film. And we could go to a town, rent a theater for one night, pack it using local radio stuff. This is a marketing, this is a slightly different subject, but you could pack that theater. And it's better to have a theater with standing room only if it's a 300 seat house than to try to four wall a theater for a week, pay the house nut the money that it costs to run the theater. Uh, you, you, you can make your money and go like in a couple of days. 
Speaking it's, of it's hustle, a different kind of a situation. Speaking of hustling yeah. your films, we've got about a right. minute or two left. And uh, sure. to our millionaire flicks audience who might be watching this when it premieres, yeah, do you have any exciting projects in development or that you're putting together right now that a potential investor might oh. be excited about? And if Definitely. so, share share Definitely. one or two of those with us. Okay, beautiful. Uh, yeah, one of them is a film called Do Penance, which uh, is a powerful drama. It's about a person who's convicted of a crime that they actually did. And, but due to criminal malfeasance on the part of police, he winds up being free. So he goes to find one of the victims that he left alive to, to try to do penance, to try to, to fix what he did. Another is an urban horror trilogy that I have called City of Darkness, which is an anthology kind of a film. Uh, that's a lot of fun. And it's one of those Saturday matinee types of film. It's not uh, a film that, let's just say it's a film the entire family could enjoy. And, and that's you know, probably, kind of like uh, of that's probably a little bit lower budget than Do Penance. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, both of those really, do Penance has a little bit lower budget than City of Darkness would because in City there are some special effects, things like that, but they were all designed to be under $2 million, you know, both of those. Okay. I also have a couple of projects that I've written that I, I want to sell to a studio because I want two A-list stars to the, like in 13th Kill, it, it's just a different animal. Well, good, good luck you know on that. I mean? That's that's out of my yeah. world of expertise, but exactly. uh, I wish exactly. you all the best on uh, Do Penance. I know you've been talking about that a long, long time. I've read the script. Long it's phenomenal. Time. One of the best scripts I've ever Thank read. You. So, uh, and, and as you. well as your horror trilogy as well. Wish you uh, all the best on that. And uh, that might be a mic How drop. How good you made me for, feel. <laughs> for Ray. So since you just dropped the mic, what is the best way? <laughs> what's the best way people can follow you or get more information? Yeah, the best way to follow me is to simply go to my uh, site, really on uh, IMDb. Okay. And IMDb Pro. I have an email address I, I'm willing to share with folks, and that would be my name, Raymond Fortune, A C E. Raymond Fortune ACE on gmail.com and, and I will get back to you. <laughs> Excellent. Or just go right to IMDb. Yeah. Uh, Ray is easy to find. Ray, or I, IMDb, my information, my contact is there too. Perfect. Yeah, and I perfect. always keep that very up. Yeah. I know you're a very, very busy person. All the different projects you have in development, you're waiting to hear back on a few acting gigs. So I'm humbled that you came on today. Oh, one uh, last thing. Can I add one last thing? Sure. As an acting gig, I'm going to be in a movie called Welcome to the Christmas Family Reunion. And that's going to be airing, actually, uh, it's airing on Lifetime on November uh, November 29th, the, the uh, Monday after Thanksgiving. Oh. And I'm in that with Vanessa Williams. Uh, uh, it, it's a fabulous uh, uh, show. Congratulations. Yeah. This is going to drop the uh, probably at the beginning of November. Or so our, our audience who wants to tune in, check it out on Lifetime. Fantastic. Fantastic. Good All right, there, man. It's good talking with you. All right. Thanks again so much. Right. Appreciate Godspeed. it. Okay.
Thanks for listening. And remember, it's time! There's never been a better time to make your own indie film. And if you have a dream project you're excited about and 100% committed to getting it funded, go to financeyourmovie.com and click on the green telephone button. You'll see our calendar, and if you find an open spot, grab it. You'll get a one-on-one call with me or one of my partners. It will be the best hour you've ever spent getting clarity and strategy towards financing your movie. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.